a comic book pick? Okay. Seven favorite comics and, and eight favorite TV slash movie shows. Okay. All right. All right. I wore a comic book appropriate shirt. <laughs> As did I. Uh, all right. Well, welcome back to the Comic Book Pit. This is Comic Book Pit episode 334. I'm your host, Dan, and. Uh, with me in the amazing Sorgatron Media Studio, we've got Link. Hey. And uh, we've got a guest with us today. We've got Chris Maverick from the Vox Popcast. Hello there. And uh, he'll be sitting in with us tonight to uh, round out our end of the year show. Uh, in uh, tonight's episode, we're going to be just kind of doing this uh, round table style, kind of round robin. We're just going to be talking about uh, our top books of the year. And uh, maybe we'll just do a, a we can uh, you know run down our list and just kind of talk about them. Um, so, uh, Link, do you want to go first? Maybe you can oh, either uh, go with yours or you I can like go. With I was telling you in the car, I was like sweating about what I was gonna <laughs> pick, and you make me go first. All right then. Or, or well, you could also go. You could also go with Kate since she's not here. Yeah, you know what? That works. She she was much more confident in what she wanted to pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus she had a. I think out of all of us, she's got like a a pick of the decade. She did do a pick of the decade, which is amazing. Or, or, I didn't even. Do you want to? Well, just go ahead and just go, li- list off all of hers. Whatever. Yeah. However you want. We'll do just it. do yeah. that. Yeah. Since um, she's not here, but um, so she said: Outer Darkness, Bitterroot, Die, Runaways, and Goddess Mode. And then her comic of the decade was Saga, which is okay. Mm. The, uh, yeah. Obvi- obviously, that's that's, a, that's good, a good pick. Yeah, I'd say that's a good, <laughs> it's a good decade pick. Um, I think the only one I'm really not familiar with out of all those is Goddess Mode. But I feel like maybe did she talk we, about that we, once? We talked about it. Yeah, it was um, blanking on the artist who did it. Um, I think it was the same artist that does Spider Gwen. Okay. Um, but it was written by Zoe Quinn, and it's like a cyberpunky magical girl. Mm-hmm. type thing like it was like part sailor moon part like hacker stuff mm-hmm. where they got their powers through the you know the the cyber world basically and uh, there's a lot of like investigating like evil mega corporations and that kind of stuff and it was just a, it was just a really cool book overall okay that was really interesting um and it i think it also paralleled um something with the writer too who was she was going like the the main character's dad is sick and her dad was also sick in real life and there was this mm. this kind of like overlapping therapeutic angle to it I think in the writing that really came through. Okay, it's Rob, Robbie Rodriguez who is yes. the ar- who is the artist on Squider, Spider Gwen. Yep, co-creator of Spider Gwen actually. Oh, okay. okay, yeah. 
I don't I don't actually just know that it's you know magic, yeah, yeah, yeah. magic of the internet. Yes, the internet. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew I knew yeah, I just could not remember his name. Mm-hmm. What didn't he ha- um wait, if I'm thinking the right per- the same person that has some sort of a vision problems or like like there's an artist out there that's like slowly like losing his sight basically. Um and I thought it was someone who was working on Spider-Gwen. I don't know if that sounds familiar or if I'm just... That I, doesn't, I don't know if I dreamt I keep, I keep thinking <laughs> about George Perez. I mean, I know that's... Well, no, it wasn't... It was someone, uh, it was someone yeah. actually who was kind of... It was surprising because they were young. Mm-hmm. And they had some that's, sort of I mean, like that sounds a little familiar, but I cannot... Some sort of like... Place de- it. Like degenerative, like yeah. eye disease or mm-hmm. something. So, I don't know. I, I thought it was them, but I thought it was someone that had been working on a, a newer book but i don't know let's try to find out but it looks like the magic of the internet well he's got um oh yeah to um retire from uh, from comics because of damage to his cornea rendering him legally blind but um he but i was just like uh that that's an interview because most of his web processes are like blank he's got like a blog spot but it's now Mm -hmm. it's now blank his twitter is now blank i guess okay i don't know but it was robbie Mm -hmm. rodriguez okay okay so i'm not crazy it's good to know. <laughs> good to know. Um, well, uh, Mav, what do you um, what, what what have you been reading this uh, year? See, uh, see, I am also I'm like Link. I I, <laughs> I hate best of lists. It's not oh. that I hate them. I actually love reading them. Um, they're hard to m- do. They're hard to do <laughs> yeah, because I hear you. And I'm literally I have to record one in a week for my show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, actually, we have to, and, uh, and I've got, we're going to do best of, and then well, I think we're going to do it. But I'm I'm awful at them because anytime anybody asks me my favorite anything, mm-hmm. um, like if you ask me to pick five right now, I can do that with the understanding that I might have five different ones an hour from now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my list as we were yeah, I'm, like, I'm changing like, it. I, I yeah. think the lists are always evolving, and in fact. If it, it, I think it's very telling that, and, and um, I kind of just realized this, but this is the first time in comic book pit history that we've done like an end of the year like top anything mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. We've just we've just always ended the year with like a regular episode. We've never done a like best of or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of uncharted territory <laughs> for well, us. So I mean, are, are we gonna go? around because I, I think we're probably gonna have some overlap yeah um I, ha- I have i have seven books on my top five comics list knowing for knowing that i'm going to have some overlap and mm-hmm. and and at least two of them i don't think anybody else is going to mention so that was that was, that was my okay way, way yeah, to make yeah, sure. yeah. so um my my first one is the cheating and calling it one book but house of x powers of x Oh, okay. That yeah. Was, yeah, that yeah was I mean, um, it's, not, it's hard to not. Yeah, and that was um, <laughs> talk about that. That was to me one of the most unique books that I have seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what he was doing, and I have I have some criticism of it. Um, this is something else we might do a show on for for us sooner or later because I there's some stuff that's not perfect. And one of the things that's amazing about it is usually I don't like event uh, event books. I'm I'm the anti mm-hmm. e- event comic person because for one thing I don't want to be bothered getting 18 billion different crossovers. I, I I'm, I'm not like yeah it's too yeah. much money and also I don't care enough. It's, <laughs> yeah, the payoffs too, usually aren't good. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's, an, it's an investment of time right. of money of like yeah. And also what ends up happening a lot. Uh, Wayne's been on the show, right? 
Uh, actually, no. Okay, well, Marcel's been on the show, but we've never had Wayne on. Well, Wayne, uh, my co-host on my show, for, <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know who he is, um, friends of all three of ours, mm-hmm. um, he and I have talked at length about you know one of the original crossovers, Secret Wars. And with Secret Wars, one his problem with Secret Wars was reading it in 1986, everyone is vastly out of character. And he's oh, right. Sure. He is absolutely mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. Of where of where comics were in 1985 to 1986, people are acting weird mm-hmm. because suddenly Jim Sh- – I mean, and Jim Shooter was writing it. Love or hate Jim Shooter. He was writing it, and he was writing characters that people were developing in other books, and they weren't where he was writing them as, so they seemed out of character at the time. Reading it 30 years later, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's whatever. Like, yeah. you, like you seriously go. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know how Spider-Man was acting in 1985. It's just another story. Yeah. So it's just another story, and it's kind of fine, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit right, and and that was jarring. And that's one of the problems I have with crossovers. Is like, oh, now you have all this stuff. I don't know who these people are because I don't read this book. Or, um, House of X, Powers of X did something that I normally don't like, which is it's not a story about character. Are people yeah. out of character? Who cares? Because you know, you're yeah, gonna, they really are. You're going to see yeah. Cyclops on <laughs> ten pages, and mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, right. Um, it's a lot of new characters, and it's a story about ideas and concepts, and which is Hickman stalking. I mean, that's yeah, his thing. Yeah, and it, it's absolutely what Jonathan Hickman is good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't because to me, the X Men has always been interesting in in the um, places where they're doing where they're playing with the interactions of the characters, right? And, like, one of the most critically acclaimed arcs I can think of that I didn't like, um, and I I started out liking it, but I just got tired of it really, really quick, was Morrison's arc. Mm. And I like Morrison. I'm a Grant Morrison fan, as as might come obvious later in some of my... (laughs) um, But uh, um, if we talk about, like, TV shows, I'm a a fan of Grant Morrison, but I didn't think it worked in X-Men because... I'm reading his arc. I'm like, I don't care about Cassandra Nova. I mm. don't care about Zorn. I, I just don't. Right. I don't. I don't know who these people are, and yeah. I don't care. Um, maggot, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and I mean, and, and I and it it turned me off. Hickman avoided that by making me engaged in the story of what for the first two or three issues. I was like, this seems ambitious and i am not going to care but he looped me in to where i was interested and i always mm-hmm. wanted to see what's he going to do next um i'm still reading now that the series is over i'm reading the other series and some people are following it up well and some people aren't mm-hmm. right but he made changes to the status quo to where i'm like all right i am more interested in this in this series now than i have been in i don't know years yeah um so it, it like he, you know, he shot for the moon, and you know, and I, and I thought he stuck the landing, and you know, he, he broke the status quo. So I mean, if, uh, can we do spoilers? I mean, I, like it's yeah. been yeah. over for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. So absolutely. he changes, he changes the, um, the world such that now, now you have, you have characters who essentially can't die, which should remove all the stakes from mm-hmm. the story, and in a typical story it would, but he's made it about something else. So now I'm interested in what's this new world look like. It is not a story that ends with a status quo of, you know, and the school goes on. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. a story that ends with even no more mutants. It's like, yeah, right. there'll be mutants again. <laughs> you know, like, like even, and it took a while when that happened. Like, I, yeah, I understand or it's that. Like, oh, they blew the school up, but they'll rebuild they'll it. They'll rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jean Grey's dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Exactly. You know, um, 
it like he he made it about something to where I'm like, okay, we have we now have mutants as a as a nation. We have mutants as a religion, damn near a cult. Mm. You know, like they they um and there are little subtle things in there, like like um in my vision and I'm just reading behind between the lines and knowing how Hickman writes, he's trying to say some very interesting things about human sexuality mm-hmm. that were not obvious to everybody. Um, like, but he's, he's entirely changed now that they're immortal. He's changed the dynamic of, I mean, people have picked, have picked this up with that. Um, Jean gray appears to be, and he hasn't said it officially, but in hints, she appears to be in a relationship with both Scott and Logan now. Yeah. And which is interesting. Um, I think because somebody's like, well, why? But I, I, I think I think that everybody on Krakow is Polly. I think that mm-hmm. Scott is Scott is still seeing Emma too. I yeah, think that seems to be what they hint at. And I think Gene is seeing Emma, and I think Scott is seeing Logan. And I think I think, yeah. I, I, I think that they're all bisexual now, and I think they're all polyamorous now. Mm-hmm. And he's not making a big deal of it because it shouldn't be a big deal. This right. is the new status quo of their world. And you're sort of discovering it slowly. So I, I found that interesting. I found the, the you know, Nightcrawler basically says, well, we need to have these, you know, make more units. Is that is a biblical, you know, it, it's this is the new Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's Moira up to? How you know how do you how do you create a world where we're now hanging out with apocalypse and it's just got to be okay because we're no longer looking at good versus evil. Mm-hmm. We're looking at mutants as a race rather right. than as a, as a faction. Mm-hmm. So that book's been fascinating. To me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I hundred percent agree with mm-hmm. all of that. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I also agree that, you know, all the spinoffs are, the problem with Hickman ideas are that when they're not being written by Hickman, yeah, <laughs> you're like, this is like the you know, um, Rite Aid version of you yeah, know, whatever. <laughs> I, and I, it's not that I'm not interested. I mean, I, I, I think New Mutants. I mean, has been interesting, yeah. and I my problem with New Mutants is again now that it's not Hickman doing it. Well, Hickman is doing New Mutants. Well. But it, they seem out of character. It's not a big book because it's Hickman doing right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And and there's weird things like I don't understand. I don't understand why they're all being written like teenagers when. Mm-hmm. Cl- I mean, I'm okay with, I don't know, Chamber and Mondo being te- teenagers, yeah. but Sam and Danny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. those characters they, need to be. Those, they adults. grew up a long time ago. Yeah, they, and yeah. I and I'm okay with like I mean. I don't. It's not. I'm not the kind of person where it's like, oh, you know, how come time doesn't pass in comics? I, I, I yeah. it's just that we've progressed beyond, or I, as a reader, have progressed beyond um, Cannonball and Mirage being worried about their powers. Wolfsbane was has been an adult for me. Like, uh, um, I mean, I watched her progression from New Mutants through Excalibur, through mm-hmm. X Force, through um, X Factor another X factor like yeah. that character has grown to where I don't need to see her being a 15 year old girl unsure the, of her powers. The same She's with, like 30. The same <laughs> with like Kitty Pryde. Like, I feel like we've watched a friend's child grow up, mm-hmm. yep. you know, like, yeah, well, we knew them when they were little and now they're adults making adult choices and mm-hmm. being in adult relationships. And, and she appears yeah. to be that. I mean, she was, she was engaged and left. I mean, like that's mm-hmm. she, like, I understand that. Um, and what are the other books? Like I, I don't. Uh, Fallen Angel, which I dropped. I just 
didn't care enough about Psylocke to yeah. keep going. And it's not even like, like it has very little to do with anything right. so far. I don't understand why Cable is a kid. Like I, I thought they that didn't. Was, yeah, that seems so. I random. mean, I, I know. Well, I know why he is from the from the previous line. But like, if you were gonna fix anything with with Hickman's soft reboot, mm-hmm. fix that. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I'm not even a Cable fan, but it's just like I don't like like angsty teenage cable is not interesting to me mm-hmm. and angsty teenage cable as a tertiary character is <laughs> yes. certainly not interesting to yes. me because he's because he's not like like if you're going to do it then i guess you give him his own book but like but he doesn't have his own book he's mm-hmm. he's not the star of anything he's just this another gratuitous person that i don't recognize on right. this island and i'm fine with new gratuitous people that i don't recognize on this island but like why mm-hmm. like you know and and then but then i be, it, he and i think the reason is because hickman wants to be able to tell the story where gene is treating him like you know gene and scott are now like oh have, son they, their parents and, and, yeah. and, and, and mm-hmm. but i'm like give him another kid there's too much back different summer's child <laughs> and and i'm glad they didn't do it to rachel because Rachel is a character I do care about Mm -hmm. and Rachel is a character that to me is an adult and, um, and I find interesting. So I'm glad they didn't do that to her, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, yeah, there, there, you know, there are mortal beings now who can hatch people out of eggs. Just (laughs) give them another kid. (laughs) Just make one up. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's fine. (laughs) All right. Um, what else you got on your list there? Uh, is it all me? Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Oh God. Uh, cause I got, um, uh, well, okay, so this one, um, and I, I'm falling off of it. I, I've not liked the last few. Uh, <laughs> Naomi, it's a DC book. Oh, okay, yeah, we've we've yeah yeah we've talked about that a few times. Naomi, yeah. I loved mm-hmm. up until it became a superhero book. I was I was again yes, I, thank I, I, you. I yeah. <laughs> I loved this, and I knew it was going to when it when when that first one came out. I'm like, oh, this is interesting, and it was um, and it was oh, this is a girl who has powers who lives in the DC universe. And for me, I just wanted that whole book to just be her just trying to live life as a, as a, a girl with alien a kid, powers. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I was looking for. Right. And then it became, you know, and it was for a while until they got tired of that. And now they've dragged her into the DC universe and she's mm-hmm. hanging out with young justice. And it's like, I don't, I don't want that for her. I've got, you know, I've got that. And I'll mention the other one. Cause my, my next book after this is young justice, which I love Young yeah, Justice. I've loved here. more mm-hmm. than I've loved than I've loved those characters in a long time. Yeah. But I wanted Naomi to be something different, and the more superhero she becomes, the less interested in her I am. Yeah. Because I like I there are there's plenty of superheroes with gratuit, gratuitous flying powers and and can shoot lasers in the DC universe. I, yeah. I, like she's not special anymore. Right. She's only special to me when she's just trying to have her, you know, I just want to go to school. That was, that was interesting to me. On the other hand, young justice, I have loved because I've, um, cause I never cared for, you know, I, um, despite how much, how much DC stuff I have on this list, I am <laughs> not, um, I've not been happy with DC since the new 52, like, like, yeah. like all the reboots. And so I, I just have not cared. And suddenly with young justice, this is the first time I've recognized those characters in years. And I liked Peter David's Young Justice from back in the day, so yeah. I was mm-hmm. I was a big fan of that book. Same here. This is um so this is a return to, you know, okay, we're not going to worry about most of the Titan stuff. We'll have a you know yeah. we'll have a we'll have a thing. We'll we'll, we'll do a throwaway line mm-hmm. mention. Um, so I've really enjoyed seeing the interplay there. Um, seeing them try to pick up the the pieces of well, where are Cassie and Connor now? 
having not seen each other in some time, however, however much time some right. time is. Um, I thought that there was a little bit too much regression on Bert's character, but whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, but but again, I and I've you know I've got a new Teen Lantern. I love Ginny Hex is a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, absolutely brilliant idea. So I, I so, yeah, I like um, I like that she she kind of grounds everybody. Mm-hmm. She grounds the team. Mm-hmm. They tossed Amethyst in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then the next one I had was Batman, which I'm a huge Tom King fan. It's getting hard to follow now. Um, that's a contentious one for everybody, I think. Well, yeah, that's I, a that's a love it or hate it one on this show. I <laughs> yeah, I've heard you guys talk about it. <laughs> um, I like it. I, I like it a lot, and and I am very much this is this is the my normal problem of I love. <laughs> I am oddly traditionally I am a very big fan of Batman, with the exception of the parts that involve Batman. Okay. <laughs> like, like, um, growing up as a kid, one of my favorite books, as a teenager, I should say, because I was a little older when it started, mm-hmm. was Tim Drake's Solo Robin series. Okay. Thought it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Oracle was one of the best characters in the Batman in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like what they, re- re- to me, making her Batgirl again is a regression. So I didn't yeah. like that. Um, like Nightwing, mm-hmm. Stephanie Brown as as Batgirl was. Up until New Fifty Two, the reboot was my favorite DC that book was, across yeah, the board. That was one of my favorite um, books. It was, yeah. it was bar none. It was easily my favorite book. Yeah. book on the DC. One of, one of the best Batgirl designs mm-hmm. too. And and I and I thought so. Um, so which is again why I like seeing her in Young, Young Justice. Mm-hmm. I've never cared for Batman. Um, what I like about Batman in in my perfect world, if when when they put me in charge of DC, <laughs> and I get to write Batman, what makes Batman interesting is Batman is this perfect being. He is Batman. I, mm-hmm. like, he is this perfect being who, um, uh, to me, the perfect Batman is the one in um, T- Justice League Tower of Babel or um, uh, uh, what's the card? The animated version is called Doom, Justice League Doom. Oh, right. Um, where where Batman defeats the Justice League. Or he doesn't. Like, somebody steals his plan yeah. and uses yeah. to defeat it. And um, at the end of that story, he's like, well, why did you have these plans? And Batman's like, I needed to be able to take you all down in case you ever went bad. And, and Clark says, we don't have plans to take you down. <laughs> and Bruce says, then you're a damn fool. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's like, I'm Batman. You absolutely should have a plan to take me right, down. Yeah. Like that was, and, and to me, Batman is the guy who can defeat the entire justice league, which makes him inherently interesting, but inherently uninteresting to yeah, read about. Kind of boring. Um, sometimes. I, I want him to be this perfect undefeatable killing machine who everybody else in his world is trying to live up to because Tim Drake is not that mm-hmm. uh, Dick Grayson is not that. And like, so those, those characters are all more interesting to me up until King got a hold of him because the uh, quite possibly the best Batman story I've ever read is the double date with Lewis and Clark. That was, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And I, and I've liked all the character building and stuff mm-hmm. like him being trapped on an Island, you know, trying to reconcile with Selena Kyle. Great story. Mm hmm. I don't care about Thomas Wayne and yeah. Bane, like like all the story stuff where, right. where it's like the ongoing arc. I'm less interested in with Batman, right? Than um, I agree. which is probably the opposite of what like I don't know what I'm guessing the general fan base wants because people want to see storyline progression, mm-hmm. and I I don't care about the storyline progression because this is the first time I've been interested in Bruce as as Bruce mm-hmm. in decades. Yeah. Um, so like I liked Batman. 
and then I'll skip my two that I know nobody's heard of and say, because it was one I, one I, I know that Link's going to want to talk about. So mm-hmm. my number seven pick, I'll come back to five and six later, was uh, Spider-Man Life Story. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, which um, I just thought was an interesting exercise. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know that it worked. I don't know if you can recommend Life, life Story to anybody who hasn't been reading comic books for No, for, you for can't. You can't be like just – it's cool. it, it distills everything about Spider-Man into – you know, single issues, but if you don't know it, then it's just all going over your head. You're yeah, like, it, it's eh. not. It's, I mean, it's a story that doesn't work unless it's unless you understand the reimagining. Yeah, yeah. yeah, unless you're it's an a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's not a what if. It's an else world. Yeah, and it's really well done. But you have to be able to read it. Um, it, it in well, a way that sort of like um like Eddie's um uh, Eddie Piscor's um mm-hmm. um grand design, grand design yep. yeah. which is say, it's yeah. the same kind of thing. But I, but I mean, it's not because his story is just the entire history as it as, as it was it told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is an alternate history, but it's, it's like not a crash really, course. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I mean, like the life story is like this is like a let, how how would this have looked if he if yeah. he aged mm-hmm. real time? How would Spider Man have worked if he was Savage Dragon instead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a book that I that I love that I know nobody no one reads. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. I I actually have uh, I have Jared's list, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Savage Dragon is definitely on that list. Oh, good. And, uh, <laughs> I'll 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 hit the rest of them. Mm-hmm. While uh, I'm sorry, were you were you are you? Good um, or? I mean, I can I can name the other two just as also rants for you know for okay. a couple of non non superhero books that I, I mean again I I was trying to be a little diverse in things that things that I enjoyed from the last year that mm-hmm. I don't think anybody. Um, I I'd be curious if you get comments from any any listener who's like, okay. oh, I read that. Uh, the first one. Is called Swing from the Sunstone universe. It's uh, okay. And Sunstone is a comic that I hate. It's just isn't it uh, Stephen Stepchick? I can't remember the writer's name of the uh, yeah. of the actual. Uh, a, uh, the covers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, um, I didn't care for that for that story at all. I tried mm-hmm. to read it just because. So for those for listeners who don't know, uh, I I doing a PhD. I write about like my job is literally reading about comics and sexuality. So um, <laughs> so um, hence my liking House of X so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Swing is a spinoff of Sunstone, entirely different characters, um, but it's in that universe though it doesn't matter. And Swing has been brilliant. It's by Matt Hawkins. Uh, and Jenny Chung with art by uh, Linda Sajic. And it is, um, it's the story of a 20 something couple, Mm -hmm. two kids who, um, you know, got married in college. So they might be 30. They're like late twenties, early thirties and two kids. And they decide they still love each other, but they're just, they got married in college and they're in a rut. So they decide to start going to swingers clubs. It's not a superhero story. Okay. It's just a story about trying to rediscover rediscover your love for each other yeah. and um, explore the sexuality that you should have been exploring when because this is the, they're like they're like each other's freshman year girlfriend and boyfriend. Right. So they've never been with anybody never, else. Yeah. And then it's just like sort of a we need to figure something else out. And that's the story. It's just a, okay. it's literally a, an interesting. That story. sounds pretty interesting. And it's been it's been great. Um, okay. only, two two graphic novels are out. Um, and. I don't know where it's going, but I've enjoyed what it what it is so far. And it's again, comics can do stuff other than people punch people. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one that I did, which I, I wrote an academic review for, for a magazine that literally no one's going to read because it's an academic academic publishing <laughs> is, is is a different world than. Uh, but the um, so I wrote an academic review for a book called Stalingrad Letters from the Volga, 
Okay. And Stalingrad, Letters from the Volga, is about the Battle of Stalingrad, which is, um, for if you're not a World War II history buff, it is the bloodiest battle, not in World War II, in the history of human warfare. Hmm. Um, several million soldiers died between this uh, between the two sides. Wow. Um, it was, I think it goes on, I, 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 I'm not enough of a history buff. In my head, I want to say nine months in Stalingrad, Russia, and um, the, it's World War II. The Russians win, if you can call it that. In that, I think it's like I think it's like six million soldiers per side, and it gets whittled down to under a million between the two sides. And the <laughs> yeah, it's it's Dang. ridiculously bloody. It just goes on and on. And um, at the end of the war, um, you know, as as World War II ends, the Allied soldiers win. We we know mm. the history of the World mm-hmm. War, War World War Two. Um, this is a fictional account um, based on letters written home by the soldiers from the armies to their loved ones. Hmm. Um, there's no main characters, not really. It's just sort of you float around and you and you see this world of this battle between different soldiers from the Russian army or the, or the Nazi army. And what's interesting about it is you don't always necessarily know which side you're looking at. Okay. Because the point of the graphic novel is that it's not about so oh there's also um, like a Watchmen or something you know there's there's interspersed text parts which are basically a history book lesson of here's what was happening during week one of the Battle of Stalingrad here's what was happening during week six of the Battle of Stalingrad and so you see literal history lessons of what of what Hitler is doing you know mm-hmm. and, and like you you learn you mm-hmm. learn about the actual war um, and there you see the ideology of you know the axis forces versus the allies forces mm. but like during the actual comic pages it's literally just guys running for cover guys hitting sitting in foxholes um meeting refugees and writing letters to their wives and kids and, and mothers and fathers and it's just about war being hell mm-hmm. from the very human perspective of soldiers and there's a couple of twists in it um you kind of float back and forth between different characters and it's a really hard book to read because as you read it, you as a reader living in 2019 get put in the very uncomfortable position of sympathizing with Nazis. Right. Because, mm-hmm. but, but like they're not, I mean, they're technically Nazis, but they're, the characters are like, again, they, it, it, this is not the kind of book where people are wandering around with swastikas on their sure. arm. It's just guys in combat fatigues, just grunts. sitting in a hole, not knowing what they're fighting for. Yeah. And, and and it's there's not that much fighting in it. There's some things where you see a little bit of battles, mm. but it's mostly guys just, dear mom, I'm you know, I don't know if you'll ever get this letter. I have not eaten in three days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, met you know, gave the last of my rations to um, um to a Russian woman and her two starving children because she reminded me of like whatever yeah. you know, yeah. like it's yeah. literally just like people. And you see that from the Russian soldiers too. It's just like people being sad right <laughs> and, it, and it's um and it's a graphic novel it's Sounds long brutal it's very brutal um and i was i was actually given it um as an assignment uh, mm-hmm. um someone someone asked me to review it for a literary journal um and i read it and i was just like this is this is amazing it's heavy um but I would recommend if somebody ever wants to read something that's not just superheroes mm-hmm. i would that's yeah. a book that i would absolutely no, that sounds recommend. really interesting mm-hmm. okay so 
but the other ones like I don't know that I can I, can, I don't know that I can recommend Swing for somebody because it's a <laughs> lot of you know yeah. <laughs> like it's certainly an uh, an adult book and again I don't think I can recommend Naomi anymore um I've it, mm. it's kind of losing me but um but but Stalingrad if you're just gonna read one book one time um, unlike say Spider Man Life Story mm-hmm. yeah. Stalingrad you know you you live on Earth you know about World War Two so mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> yeah so. okay oops boom sorry about that. <laughs> knocking stuff over uh well yeah thank you for for all that that's, that's sure a lot of definitely a lot to to sort through it's mm-hmm. definitely so i'm gonna check some of those out um well you mentioned the savage dragon like i said that kind of that overlaps with uh uh jared's list jared who couldn't be here tonight um but uh he's a big savage dragon fan these days um <laughs> he's going back and he said last night he was uh going back and Getting uh digging through dollar boxes and you know trying to recreate the uh, collection while reading the new stuff. Um, I have every single issue. Really? It's why I have. It's why I didn't quit. All right. Um, I, I it's the one it's the one original image book that I stuck with. Um, and for for anybody who's never read Savage Dragon, Savage Dragon is quite interesting for about 40, 50 issues. Mm-hmm. And then it's really bad for like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it not really. I mean, it's just, I, I shouldn't it's, say it's really it's bad. Just, it's Eric Larson just like really like being experimental, like just really like just trying to do yes. just doing things that you, he just couldn't do anywhere else. I uh, I think a lot of it is this is a character that Eric Larson invented when he was seven years old. Yeah. And this is Eric Larson living the dream of every fanboy ever, which right. was I drew Spider-Man for a few years and now I can do whatever I want. So I'm going to do whatever I want. Yep. And I'm going to write the life story of this character that I invented when I was seven. Mm-hmm. And now he's like 40 something. He's my age. And, mm-hmm. and he's just like, oh, I'm going to. I'm doing what I want to do, and it's been great. And mm-hmm. what's amazing about it, I don't know if he he listed it. Savage Dragon has aged in real time mm-hmm. since um since its inception. It wasn't okay. it wasn't obvious for the for the first few issues, but um the lead character of the book Savage Dragon right now is not Dragon. It's uh, it's, it's Malcolm Dragon. It's his son, right? Yes. Yeah. It's his son Malcolm, who was born in the comics about 20 years ago. Right. Um, he had a kid. Mm-hmm. And so the kid's now twenty, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he's the main character now. Yeah, and it's you know and it and it's just kind of you know time progresses mm-hmm. in real time, and it's been it it started getting really good again about three or four years ago. Okay, and and he and Jared's right, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird because the lore constantly comes back, but I don't know how much it matters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a there's a lot of um, I mean, again, if you're ever gonna catch up, um, has Jared read all of them? You see, he's, he's putting them back I, together. I don't know when he when he started. I don't. I, I think he he's a recent convert, if I had to guess. Okay, because I'm betting the reason he's trying to go back and pick up the other uh, the others are is during the period which got bad. Um, mm-hmm. Jennifer, who is Dragon's wife, Savage Dragon's wife, um, is killed. Uh, when when um, when her, uh, you know relatively early on, um, and Jennifer has a um, has a daughter named Angel, mm-hmm. who is um, uh, who um, who's not Dragon's child. Um, she's uh, she's a daughter from a previous relationship. They get married, and soon o- soon soon after, Jennifer gets killed, and then Dragon raises uh, ra- raises Angel. Mm-hmm. So Angel's an adult in the book now as well. Oh, okay, and um after 
I don't know, 15 years of comics, 15, 20 years of comics, uh, Jennifer comes back. Um, and the story's convoluted and stuff, but she was never killed. And it's implied when, when he killed her, it was implied that she didn't get killed. She got transferred to, uh, that she actually got kidnapped to another universe. Mm-hmm. And then he had the patience to leave it alone for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> like it just doesn't, it just doesn't come up again. Right. And 15 years later, he's like, all right, here, let's <laughs> deal with this problem. So now, Crazy. so if somebody picked it up in the last couple of years, um, which, which Jared must have, mm-hmm. you know, who is this blonde lady? Right. Who, you know, and he'd have to go back and figure it out. Yeah. So it, it, it's very much a long game. It's like trying to do like the Cerebus thing. It's a, it's yeah. a long game comic. Okay. Hmm. Uh, let's see. So he also mentioned uh, some, some recent books. Actually, I think most of these are recent. Like uh, he's got Batman Universe on here, which was the, um, mm. the original, like the Walmart Oh, uh, books that okay. have now been reprinted into collections. Um, the Batman universe is the one that's um, written by Bendis and uh, drawn by Nick Darrington, which I've heard nothing but good things about. And then uh, this one just literally came out, I think, like last week. Uh, Dark Knight Returns to Golden Child. Mm-hmm. The Frank Miller and Raphael Grampa. I saw it. But, I didn't read it. Yeah, I haven't read it yet either. I because I, I I was I was a little concerned because I never read um, the last Dark Knight, the Brian Azzarello, the mm-hmm. uh, Master Race. I have all of them. I I did not read it, and I was. And so I didn't I, say I read it. I said I have all of them. You have them. You haven't. Read them. <laughs> no, I read I read some of them. Okay. I I did not think it was good. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the thing. I I didn't hear a lot of great stuff about it, so I so I I, I asked Jared. I said if you know, do you do you know, would I have need to have read the third Dark Knight series in order to pick this one up? And he said no. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and probably check out that first issue. Um, uh, let's see. Um, this one is actually also this this one's on my list. Uh, Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, the mm-hmm. Matt Fraction, Steve Lieber. Yes. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, just bravo to that one. Is it, did, it, did it keep up? I bought the first two, and like them a lot mm-hmm. forgot to put it on my pull list and mm-hmm. haven't got and haven't gotten to uh i mean i read a lot of comics mm-hmm. again it's my job right and i which is both a wonderful thing and a hard thing sure um but um but i i just i fell behind on it and i haven't and i haven't caught up and everybody who mm-hmm. still reads it has told me it's excellent it is yeah. i i feel like every issue is Every issue is amazing, but then every issue manages to outdo the last issue, mm-hmm. and it's just so much fun. And and you know, I, I was I was hesitant going in because Matt Fraction is very is very hit or miss with me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just I'm a big fan. I like I like Fraction a lot. So. Yeah, like when um like Hawkeye, Sex Criminals, mm-hmm. great. Um, what was the uh, what was the the Mar- uh, fear he did fear itself mm-hmm. the marvel yeah. series terrible um <laughs> that okay. was i mean i same thing as i said before it's a mega crossover which i don't yeah. usually care for yeah. i i don't i think i think as far as mega crossovers go mm-hmm. fine but i don't i mean i just in general yeah. he doesn't need to be writing every character in the universe yeah as much as i like him yeah mm-hmm. but um but yeah but th- this was this was some fraction i definitely enjoyed so uh yeah okay. j- the Jimmy Olsen, I would definitely suggest getting back on that one. Um, this one I've not read, but he has his last one on here is Ghost Spider. Oh, it's it's, oh, it's Spider Gwen. Yeah, it's renamed yeah. Spider Gwen. Okay. Yep. 
So uh, they just rebranded her as because she's okay. in the six one six, so she can't be called Spider Gwen. Right. That's her secret identity yeah oh she in yeah. 616 now i believe so yeah yeah i think i haven't read m- a lot of mm-hmm. of the current run okay so uh those are jared's um link are you ready for yours yet yeah or? yeah yeah. no we can do mine okay yeah um so actually a lot of mine did get mentioned already so that works <laughs> out uh hawks pox was one of them spider-man life story was another one um kate mentioned die which i'll mention again it's oh just yeah a fantastic book That's i've not read it i've heard good things. i've got to catch up on that one i read the first issue and it was really good yeah i mean and i I've, i think i said this before on the show but i almost enjoy reading the editorials in the back more than the comic because <laughs> it's just um oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name um kieran gillen mm-hmm. um just talking about his fascination with dungeons and dragons and mm-hmm. like the thematic elements of it all and how he's well it's well it's world building yeah it's hawks box basically it's mm-hmm. just Here's this world, here's what I came up with, and here's how it relates to the real-world setting of people around a table playing games. Um, so that, I mean, that's been fantastic. Um, the other one that I have on here, uh, Dial H. Oh, Dial H for Hero? Dial yeah. H for Hero, yeah. Um, that's just been fantastic. Just from an art art perspective alone, it's all been... I think it's different artists every now and then, but sometimes it's all Joe Canone's probably butchered his name um but that's just been great um dealing with the concepts of you know what makes a hero and archetypes and origin stories and stuff like that and they kind of got a little meta with it midway through the book um where they revealed that there's more than one h dial Mm -hmm. and each Mm -hmm. h dial represents a different color of cyan magenta yellow and black to create a hero, mm-hmm. which was, you know, oh, okay, printing, got it, yeah. <laughs> I just thought I thought it was clever, and I was like, okay, this is, this is cool stuff. Um, but that's been a really solid book too. And I was gonna say, well, I'll do the others since some of these are, were overlapped. Um, Wonder Twins is another one that's just. I only want to pick. I, I ended up picking Naomi and Young Justice. Okay. So I was like, all right. I'm, not I'm, all the Wonder I'm Comics done with, line. I'm done with yeah, those. we just covered all the Wonder <laughs> Comics line right here. Yeah. yeah we've um, literally mentioned all four of them now. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> but Wonder Twins has been great too, just for the um, the social commentary. That's mm-hmm. what I'm there for. Um, I didn't think I'd read about you know the the prison industrial complex in a Wonder <laughs> Twins book, or um, you know there was a really good page with. I don't remember the specifics of it right now, but th- I, I posted on Facebook a while back. But uh, just a panel with Superman just talking about how the world shit, and mm-hmm. you know, you just gotta do what you gotta do to to make it a little bit better and stuff. I was like, wow, this is like the best understanding I've seen of Superman in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been that was just fantastic. And I also like the artist on that book who I'm blanking on, but I know he did. Uh, what did he do? He did some. Uh, I think he did some of Green Arrow for DC at some point. Um, Stephen, Stephen, now I can't, I'm blanking on his name. But the, <laughs> arts, uh, the art's been great. Um, and the only other thing I'll mention, and I, I'm just reading this in trade, it's um, it's a intellectual property, like, continuation kind of fanfic-y vibe from um, IDW called Life is Strange, which hmm. continues the, the, uh, the video game which was a 
kind of like a point-and-click adventure sort of like uh, Telltale's Walking Dead game where you make moral decisions and things happen. But the way they adapted the book incorporated any decision you could have possibly made was a valid decision, and it doesn't retcon anything. So I thought that was an interesting tightrope to walk where they kind of said, um, well, uh, there's the multiverse, and the main character's sort of slipping between different realities, like a quantum leap scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that show. Where you're seeing all the different, <laughs> and, it, and it makes a reference to quantum leap in the book, and I was like, okay. somebody remembers quantum leap. Fantastic. A lot of people remember quantum leap. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, nowadays, though, yeah. like, for, like younger writers, I'm like, oh, mm. okay. <laughs> but no, it was it was really cool. Um, it was just interesting to see like a writer take uh, you know a, a game where your choices matter and say yes, they did matter. Everything's valid. I'm not gonna retcon something out of existence because this is the you know the sequel to your personal story. Mm-hmm. So that was also a really good one. And that that's it for me. Okay. Very cool. Well, um, I've got uh, I've got Sean's here. Uh, Sean uh, also couldn't be here, but he got his in at the eleventh hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, he said, "Oh shit." Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, he he went a um, he went a little different with some of his. Uh, he's got two web comics on here. Okay. Um, he he's got uh, Lore Olympus and Room of Room of Swords. I don't know Room of Swords. Yeah, I think they're both, I believe, on... I looked them up. I think they're both on Webtoons. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, I do remember looking a little at uh, Lore Olympus, and that looks really good. And uh, I think Room of Swords might actually be more animated, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't know they did on Webtoons, so that's pretty cool. Um, he also... I think he has... Uh, uh, I think someone else mentioned Bitterroot. Was it yeah, you Kate or? mentioned Bitterroot. Yeah, so yep. he has Bitterroot on here. Yeah, it's been um, phenomenal. He's got uh, um, Fantastic Four, the uh, the, the, the Dan Slot run. Yes, yeah. the Dan Slot. Interesting. Fantastic Four. That was one of, I, I didn't want to have. I mean, it, was, it was like Naomi yeah. for me, where like half the stuff I've loved, and then half the stuff I'm like, or Batman. You know what I love about Fantastic? I love everything about Fantastic Four that's not them them fighting supervillains. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. I'm a big superhero fan, and I mean. My my favorite books in the last decade have been Fractions Hawkeye, um, The Visions by Tom King. Like I, right. uh, yeah, Mister Mer- Mister like, like, like I, non tra- more non traditional. Yeah, I, I'm a yeah. big fan of superheroes doing regular stuff. Yep, same. Yeah, <laughs> and so the Fantastic Four family building, like the fact that that Franklin is going through an angsty teen moment where he's like, I'm dying my hair. Yes. That's yes. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then he goes and like, has to like use his powers. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. You know, but, right. but like, just like, I just, I, I, I just want to see him hate his parents because he's like 15. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and who better to hate than Reed Richards? Yeah. Yeah. The world's worst father. <laughs> and he doesn't hate them. He's just an angsty 15 right. he's year just, old. He's yeah. just because a he should be. And, I, and it's like, cause every teenager eventually hates his parents, his parents for, for reasons, they're you know well, you're, you know they're overprotective. They yeah. won't let me be my own person. I was like, well, yeah, because they're the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, right. it's like they're overprotective because Galactus might eat you. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Was, oh, and the last one he had on here was uh, Rick Remender's Low, that he uh, had, oh, had been okay. reading in in trades, uh, w- but th- it, it it ended this year. I think I remember this. It Is was that... uh, Rick Remender and Greg. T- Tachini. It was like a science, like a futuristic science. Uh, Didn't it had something to do with the tides or something? Well, it was on. It was basically 
um, uh, I don't know, X number of hundreds of years in the future, uh, everyone basically lives underwater now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's underwater kingdoms, and it's mm-hmm. very cool. And and, and the, the Greg Tuccini art is, ver- I mean, just gorgeous to look at. Um, that was one that I, I, I was reading for a while and then just lost track of, but... Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of almost anything Rick Remender does. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty good. That's one I would recommend. I mean, for anyone who's into like next, like it's, I'd say pretty hard sci-fi. Okay. You know, it's, it's good though. Um, so that was, uh, that was Sean's list and I've got Scott's, uh, I've got Scott's here and his, uh, he gave us a little a little bit of criteria. He said, "I picked my list based on the books that I always felt I couldn't wait one more minute to read." That's what I tried. Yeah, for yeah. My stuff that was my kind of go-to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Like the stuff that really kind of lit a fire under me mm-hmm. is what. Yeah. Um. So, uh, he had a couple of overlaps. He had uh, X Men mm-hmm. and um, and Batman. Okay. Um. BPRD, The Devil You Know. Uh, it was the, the end of the, the Hellboy Mignola verse. Yeah. Uh, he says, after 17 years of the BPRD comic and 25 years of Hellboy, Mignola did not disappoint and went for the ending of everything as we know it. Although I have to wonder why they would keep putting out Hellboy books. The short answer is because I'm still reading them. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, of course, uh, Walking Dead, it, it ended. Yep. And, uh, you know, solid ending to the saga of Rip, Rick Grimes. Uh, one man can can make a difference. Just ask Robert Kirkman. And then... Uh, one man can make millions and millions and millions of dollars. Right. <laughs> Just ask Robert Kirkman. Exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, last but not least, his uh, he's got Immortal Hulk on here, which is one that I, I forgot. I probably should be on my list, but I forgot about that one, so I won't... I'd, uh, I, I won't, haven't I won't gotten it. around to reading it. Yet, I, I, I have not read myself. a sig- I have not read a single <laughs> issue, and it's just that like I know that at one some point I have to sit down and read all of it because, whereas everything else I'm like oh everybody who's like what I said people I think it was like die it's like everybody mm-hmm. who I've heard says this is good whereas um whereas um I've not heard one person who's read Immortal Hulk who doesn't love it yeah, which is yeah. odd because it's like I I don't read Walking Dead. Horror is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. This is my show. I'm just like, eh, I, don't, I, I don't enjoy being scared by stuff. And it's not to say it's even would scare mm-hmm. me. It's just it's just not something I'm into. And again, I read and watch too much stuff, so I, I have to make choices. Mm-hmm. But everything I've heard about Immortal Hulk has been good. Yes. Every like, I can single I can person. attest to that. Um, I was I was hesitant for a long time because, to be honest, like I I don't like reading the Hulk in his own book. I just don't. I don't like, like him me and like, Batman. Yeah, he's more interesting playing off people. Right. I just mm-hmm. I've never liked him as a main character. Um, you know, I've gone through spurts where like you know I, yeah I've I've liked some of Peter David's stuff. Say, yeah, Peter David's run was legendary. It was really um, good. What's but. his name? Um, par- um, Parker. Uh, Jeff Parker. Jeff Parker. Mm-hmm. Jeff Parker's run, but that was like Red Hulk. That was Red Hulk, but, but it was yeah, still, it was really, still good. really good. It was really good. Um, and yeah, I could probably count on one hand the number of like Hulk runs I've really enjoyed I, over the years. I'm a big fan of What Savage Beast, which is a <laughs> it's a novel like as a no pictures, it's a novel novel that, oh, he, that okay. Peter David wrote about the Hulk that 
Oh, okay. It's in continuity of his series. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, and wow. Mo- most people have never read it. But it's, because a, it's, it's not a novelization of a story. It's nope. a brand new story. It's a brand new story okay. that is probably, you can, you can buy it on Amazon still. Yeah. It's probably 20 years old now. Okay. But it's, um, it's during the merge talk phase of mm-hmm. Br- Bruce Banner is, you know, I mean, what they did in Endgame with Professor yes. Hulk. It's during that, per- that period of, okay. of Pat's run. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> really, really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, but yeah, um, Immortal Hulk is just really surprising, really good. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those people. Like, I can't recommend it enough. I have nothing bad to say about hmm. it. I, the only, I mean, like, bad thing is I'm just not keeping up with it, you know. And I, I really wish that I've got to put that on my, like, my radar. Um, oh, and uh, one honorable mention, real quick, from Scott, uh, Skyward, which I think was an image book. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, he's probably farther than I because I'm, I'm reading his trades. Well, he said it – I guess it ended. He says, I hope there will be a sequel. Yeah. Uh, so. I, I think there's three trades because um, I've got the first two and I've only read the first one, so I don't know. I cannot – I mean, I'm not Scott. I can't say how it ended. Right. It's a great book. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I read the first couple of issues and, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 did, I did enjoy it. I just never kept up with it. So um, um, I did mm-hmm. want to mention um, you mentioned Morrison D- Green Lantern. Oh no no! Oh, I said because uh, I had a list of TV shows. Well, I too, know, but like, um, what did you think? Because I, I almost wanted to put it on there. Yeah, but yeah, I, there's been really good issues of it. But then other issues, I'm just like I could give half a shit. I'm not reading. I, I mean, I've I've read them. I'm like, eh, I okay. It's not. Uh, the, the, when I sat down to do this, I had more DC stuff on this than I ever thought mm-hmm. I would because I was like, oh, wow, I put Naomi, Young Justice, and Batman, which yeah. is as much uh, – um, and I only had two Marvel books on it, Spider-Man and, and House – well, three because House of X. Sure, and yeah, House yeah. Of, but, um, um, yeah, I, I – most for the most part, any other year, I would never have that many DC okay. picks. Um, for the, uh, this has just been a good banner year for them Absolutely. as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it's a one thing that's not here, for instance, Doomsday Clock. No. Doomsday mm-hmm. Clock, I've liked some stuff from, and most of it just annoys me. Sure. And, and, yeah. that, and, and I feel that way about a lot of DC books, mm-hmm. Green Lantern included. Um, that's fair. Um, which, oddly enough, if like so when I said big Morrison fan, for instance, if to talk TV shows and movies, yep. um, just to do you know top five there. Mm-hmm. The Doom Patrol show yes. oh, yeah. is yeah. almost as good as Watchmen. It's if pretty you, amazing. If you've got D, if you've got DC Universe um, app, yep. which is like you know twelve people on the planet because it's not. <laughs> it's not um, but like all twelve of those people will tell you, yes. the Doom Patrol show has been great, uh, yep, stellar, absolutely. Um, and it's very much, oh, we're going to Grant Morrison ourselves to death, mm-hmm. <laughs> very self-referentially. Mm-hmm. It is, and it's it's based on his run. In lots of ways, it's great. So that's one of my, one of my favorite. T- I mean, Watchmen, obviously. Um, I, I had a bunch of, a, a bunch of yeah. TV shows. <laughs> Watchmen, Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the DC app. Uh, it's only three episodes in, but the Harley Quinn show is brilliant. May one be, maybe one of my. I need to get oh, on that. Yeah. I I didn't even realize that it started. Half so. an hour cartoon. It is. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it is literally, you know. And I, I and I haven't seen many people talking about it because it's the thing that people will complain about when they get around to it is they're going to go you're going to see a lot of incels going why does it always have to be all this feminist bullshit and, you know, <laughs> SJW blah blah yeah. blah mm. this is this is literally 
Kaylee Cuoco is playing Harley Quinn and also producing the series. Nice. This is her feminist statement through the eyes of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. <laughs> like there's there like That's great. if you want it to be apolitical, you're wrong. This is a show about feminism through the ends of, through the eyes of Harley Quinn. That's mm. that's what the <laughs> show is. Um uh then um four, number four pick was uh, Riverdale, the best show on television. <laughs> <laughs> Ongoing joke from my from my from from my show, but again, I I love Riverdale. Um, the Luke Perry funeral episode was one of the, my favorite episodes of television of all time. Uh, and then the last one was the TV show, which just ended on Hulu, Runaways, hmm. which you mentioned oh, Runaways yep. the book. Um, Runaways the book, I'm kind of enjoying, mm-hmm. but it's been hit or miss. TV series was really good. I didn't think it would work. It was re- it was real good, um, and it crossed over in the last in the last season. It yeah. crosses over with the also recently canceled Cloak and Dagger, yes. which no R I P. I need yeah. to watch the. We haven't started the last season yet because we of just Cloak and Dagger or Runaways with with Runaways because it just hit Friday, right? So it was, yeah, yeah, I watched it all this. Yeah, weekend. yeah, that's what, um, yeah. <laughs> we had like a busy weekend, or else we would have. Did you or did you finish Cloak and Dagger? Yes. Okay, so they're not. It wasn't clear how much you were going to be. They're only in two episodes and okay. one for and one for five seconds. Oh. Like there's a, okay. They, they show up at the end of one episode and then they're in the next. Gotcha. One. Um, and it's you know, but it 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 very much clearly they knew by the time they filmed it, they by the time they Cloak and Dagger show up on the season of Runaways, they clearly know that Cloak and Dagger is not coming back. Mm-hmm. Whereas when they filmed the season finale of Cloak and Dagger, that was not clear. Yes. They know that they're not coming back when they film in this and. They probably know that run, Runaways isn't coming back, so they're Gosh. so they're so they're very much they're that's wrapping good. stories. That's up. good. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good. In, in a very satisfying way. Very cool. That's always mm-hmm. the, the big fear. Mm-hmm. Like with, I feel as if when Netflix did all that, it was the Luke Cage was just like. Yeah, it's not a. It, well, it's everything else. It's. Kinda, not, I, I mean, I'm trying to not had, spoil it for you. Yeah, no, you're no, watch no, it. no, no, no. It's 100%. not a. It's not a. Um, it's not like an everybody dies kind of thing. No, it's not, sure. You know, it is a it is a the world's not over. It's yeah. a, did you finish watching Jessica Jones? Yes, yeah. It's a Jessica Jones ending. Okay, that's perfect. The world's for me. not over. Yeah. There will be f- further adventures. You don't get to see them. Yeah. All of your main questions from both shows, like you're That's all I need. Yeah. You'll that's be all I need. you'll be like, got it. Okay, I understand yeah. how I I I can close this chapter mm-hmm. of of my my television watching. Yeah. And, and it gives you, it's only 10 episodes. It's uh, yeah, that's and about it's, right. Yeah. yeah, I think most of the, the last two were thirteen. It's like slightly short. It's like ten mm-hmm. episodes, mm. and they and they 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 cool. you know they close the chapter. You know, you know who's who. You know, you know, okay. you know what that, happens that, to everybody. That's all I can ask mm-hmm. for. Yep. Okay. Cool. You can have fanfic forever <laughs> from, the, from the point that they that they they leave you. All right. So. Well, uh, I'm gonna do my list real quick, and I guess we'll just and then we'll wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Um, starting from, I guess. Uh, my number five was uh, Matt Wagner coming back for uh, Grendel Odyssey, mm. Dark Horse. Oh, I didn't mention Mage. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, I, think, see actually, I told you by the end of the show, I'd be like, oh, nah, I need to do a whole new list. Technically, Scott did. He just he, he mentioned that it was the year of endings, Mage, Walking Dead, and Hellboy. But he didn't really say much more about Mage. But yeah. But the um, the uh, return of uh, Grendel is, to me, was just awesome. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. properties. And especially the um, the the Grendel Prime universe or that storyline is really great. Um, my only Marvel book was Guardians of the Galaxy, which yeah. I, which I think is already over. I think it was only going to be like a twelve issue mm-hmm. run. Was that the the um, I think is it Donny was it Donny Cates? Donny Cates, yeah, because yeah. Cosmic Ghost Rider was in it. Yeah, 
Um, yep. I just I I love a goofy team book, mm-hmm. and and I, I like that it was you know half of it was like core guardians, and the rest were like oh look here's Beta Ray Bill, and here's you know I mean just like it was fun to see the basically almost the entire like cosmic Marvel universe mm-hmm. on a team for you know for more or less a couple of issues. Um, we mentioned Jimmy Olsen, so I won't say much more about that. Love Jimmy Olsen. Um, one other DC book, uh, since we talked a lot about the uh, you know the Wonder Comics and the Bendis books, uh, Superman. Uh, sure. I've I've really and You're I'm not. You're into it, huh? I, well, you see, well, I am, and, I, and, and I'm not a Superman fan. The, I'm not the same way. The same way I'm not a Hulk fan. Yeah. But um, I like I, I like Bendis's take on it. Um, I like the the fun they're having with it. Um, I've hated every single one I've tried. I've not I, really. I, 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 <laughs> I keep. I. I want to. I. I am a Bendis fan. I like Bendis. Mm-hmm. Even he's controversial. Mm-hmm. I cannot get into his take on Superman at see, all. Weirdly, like I'm. I've actually. I'm. I'm liking action less and less, but I'm still liking Superman. Okay. Um. It's like it's still him, but he's telling. He's just telling two different styles of story, and I'm. I'm falling off of action, but I'm still. Um, I feel like Superman is the more like emotional story because that's has more to do with like his son and his relationship. They just with, shipped him to, off to the future, though. Well, not in the first issue. <laughs> <laughs> it took him a while to get there, but um, and uh, my my number one book of 2019, Murder Falcon. Oh yeah, from Image Comics. Nice. That one. I mean, it's 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 cliche, but like. I laughed, I cried, like I cheered, I pumped my <laughs> fist. Um, just the, like the most fun book I've read in a long time to the point where – so to me this is very telling. Like I, I read all my stuff digitally now. Yeah. Uh, between the stuff I buy in Comixology and we get review copies. Um, so, I mean, I, I'll still buy the, like, the occasional like physical copy or I'll go like dollar diving for fun, whatever. But – I don't buy like physical comics on a week to week basis anymore. Um, so yes, I'm the downfall of the comic book industry, <laughs> but, um, don't you work at a store, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I actually am going back and like trying to find the back issues of murder Falcon. Like I okay. want to have the physical copies of this mm-hmm. book because I love it that much. I, I've, I've actually found number one, um, somewhere for cover price, which was cool. And I found number two recently at half price books. So, um, and it was only an eight issue series and, uh, but it was just like eight perfect issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I loved it so much. Uh, so that was my number one book hmm. of 2019. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we got everyone's list. Yeah. 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 I've already changed my mind on all of mine. So I, I, I <laughs> everything is different. Like I did, like yeah. I, I didn't think of Mage, which uh, which mm-hmm. ended. Uh, Wick, Wick, Scott said in the in uh, year of endings, Wick Dev, uh, Wicked and Divine. Oh right, year, right, right. Which uh, sh- a book I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a web comics which uh, which Sean mentioned. Yeah, um, I didn't even think about web. Comics. I didn't either. And if I did, I would have said I would have said. I would have said M- MA3, which is one of my favorite online comics, which I don't even want to go into. It's like, <laughs> there's, I mean, so much history. That, mm-hmm. that, but you know, again, I, I, I love that. And they had a soft, not a soft reboot. They ended the their universe is going on. It's, I mean, but they they've shifted the uh, MA3 as in Menage 3, but it's not actually. They're not in a relationship. Oh, okay. It's that's the joke. But it's a, it's a it's, it was a group of about three roommates, mm-hmm. and they've 
that original storyline ended after 10 years and they're now doing a story about three other roommates it's in the same universe hmm. all the characters that were main characters before are now supporting characters and like the you know they're yeah there's like you're like the main character now or one of the, one of the three main characters um, mm -hmm. um there's three new characters one started with the reboot and the other two new characters had been in the main book or the main series yeah for years as supporting characters you'd see them once every they'd pop up once every two three months mm -hmm. and now they're the main characters of, of the of the, cool. of the strip because they've just sort of yeah. they sort of transitioned to here's the story of three hmm. different roommates and and it's been that's funny brilliant um so yeah you know, i mean i told you i cannot do a top five <laughs> list <laughs> like three of them off the top of my head I was like, yeah. why didn't i, I mean, mention I, that i'd yeah. say like the nib just political ca cartoons in, a, mm -hmm. in an era where political cartoonists get fired from newspapers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have something, somebody mm -hmm. out there doing them. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, so I think that's going to wrap it up for this, uh, this episode, the uh, 2019 comics review episode. <laughs> um, before we leave, uh, Mav, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about your show? <laughs> Vox Pop. Yeah. Uh, Vox Popcast. This is um, a show that... <laughs> Um, it's like, oh, let's see. can I do my radio announcer? It's like this is a Vox <laughs> Popcast, the weekly <laughs> every episode, the weekly pseudo academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick. You can call me Mavin. Um, this is um, this is how I start every show. Uh, the idea of Vox Pop was um, I, I noticed that um, the conversations I had with um, uh, again our friend Wayne uh, mm -hmm. in a comic book store, and the comic. The, the conversations I had with uh, one of my academic colleagues, Katya, um, either in our office or at the bar, were effectively the same conversations. Mm -hmm. um, they were, we were, we um, we were having, you know, because um, we don't. It's like here, like on your show, for instance, you guys review actual issue, actual comic book issues, mm -hmm. whereas we would have conversations about stuff like, let's not talk about. I, I don't want to talk about X Men per se. I want to talk about the idea of building a cult. Mm -hmm. What do cults mean across comic books? So we might do a series on that. Um, and every episode of our show is we have some different pop culture concept and we explore it as it, you know, through whatever media it might, it, we might need to talk about. So you guys have both been on the show. Um, mm -hmm. when, we, when yours, the episode you were on, we were just talking about the idea of, uh, of pilots, of right. television shows. TV pilots, yeah. Just TV pilots in general. Yep. And we went through tons of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and, and then, Link, when you were on, we, you were on the violence in video games? Uh, sex in video sex games. Sex in video games. Yeah, we, we talked about yes, um, video games that have sex in them. And mm. what does this mean? And have we'll have a conversation for an hour about just some random topic, and we try to vary up the guests. We um, so we have four hosts. I'm on almost every episode. I, I miss one here and there. Um, and then our other hosts are Wayne Wise, Katia Gorecki, and and Hannah Rogers, who who I met through the show. Hannah is a colleague of Katia's, mm. who after after she left, uh, we both went to CMU for our masters, and then I stayed in here in Pittsburgh at Duquesne to do my to my, do my PhD and she went to uh, Duke to do her PhD and she made a friend down there so we brought her onto the show so every episode has some combination of the four of us and either either all four of us are there or it's like two or three of the four of us and some guests who have a particular interest in whatever the topic is so maybe we're doing something 
that we're, maybe we're doing something um, with psychology, so we might have a psychologist on, or we might have um, uh, like 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 you're not mm -hmm. academic, yeah, but no, you I'm, play a lot of video yeah. games. Yes. So and and, and, <laughs> and we but we wanted that to be the show. We didn't want to um, like I, I noticed with um, with most pop culture style shows. You'll have people who are in the. This is the fans' perspective, mm -hmm. and with most academic shows, of which I listen to a lot of academic podcasts, it's just you know it's three professors talking about comics. But I, to me, it's like, well, the show is more interesting if like why can't a guy with a PhD talk to just a guy who's read every issue of Spider-Man? Right. Like, because like, <laughs> because because there is some knowledge in there, and then we end up with some of the some really interesting comics uh, uh, conversations because of that. So we mm -hmm. had like we had a show on Watchmen, which was a really big show where we had we had academics and we had a couple people who host just Watchmen podcasts because um, there are, there are shows that are just devoted to the Watchmen, um, and we've we've done. I was like, whatever. What, I'm trying to think. Last week's episode was all about um, about the idea of Santa Claus in popular culture, mm. and so because it's for Christmas, so we had an episode about the idea of Santa, and we had on we found a guy um, from um, Newfoundland who is um, he's a professor in, uh, there who is a professor of folklore who's writing a textbook about Santa Claus, and we talked about everything from Santa to the Krampus to uh to the yule cat yes, which is the yule fascinating cat. Yes. um <laughs> we uh, which i'd never heard of before but we talk about the yule cat we talk about elf on the shelf and and we sort of go through and we talk about it but we try not to be stuffy we try to instead of being like a very academic show where everybody talks like yeah. this and, eh, like i try not to do that unless i'm making fun of other shows sure and instead we you know we drink beer and we have a good time <laughs> so. where can and where can people find your show uh, the easiest way is to go to www.voxpopcast.com, V-O-X-P-O-P-C-A-S-D, and that's a P, like pop, like pop, uh, like pop culture, not a D, because for some reason I thought, hey, having a clever pun in my name rather than <laughs> making something that was easy for people to find would be smart. Um, but but um, if we're we're Vox Popcast on Twitter and on mm -hmm. Instagram and uh, iTunes, Spotify, right. you know, wherever you get podcasts at. Cool. Um, and, but um, but the website you can you can link to pretty much most major podcast sites, um, and it's www.voxpopcast.com. All right. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for all the awesome. uh, yeah, all the uh, cool books. Now I'll be uh, looking for. <laughs> yeah, I have some. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, okay, I have to try that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, again, thanks to uh, to Mav for being here. Uh, this has been episode three thirty five of the Comic Book Pit podcast. I'm your host Dan, and. With me again, we've got uh, Link. See everybody. Oh, there you are. Oh, here I am. <laughs> there Bye, you everybody. Are. <laughs> and uh, one more time for funsies, Chris Maverick from Vlog Podcast. Bye.